Uh, just recently, I have been reading a pastor's books, uh, book, At the Gates. And in the a section, I came across the section that spoke about satisfaction. And it really spoke to my heart. You know, we're in a season uh, right now of, of um, really entering into the presence of the Lord. We've always been in a season of, of entering into the presence of the Lord, but it's being highlighted more in this season right now that we're in. And we have a seminar coming up that's going to be entitled uh, Presence. And in order to really be able to release ourselves totally into the presence of the Lord, there has to be something that comes from us, from within. And and it really all, all starts, uh, starts with the fact of us being satis uh, satisfied in our place before the Father. In our commissioning, the things uh, the Lord is calling us to, um, our burden for the Lord. So it, when I came across that section in the, in the book, it really, really spoke to me. And it made me stop and really focus and, and think about being satisfied in my place with him. So I began to do a study on the word, and I really felt like it was something that I was supposed to bring uh, today, the teaching for today. And it really begins for that hunger for God in that ma'a place in him, that place in our bowels that uh, depicts the burden of the Lord. And the word, um, the Hebrew word for satisfaction is our word saba, or uh, in the primitive root is the word sabai, and it means to be to fill with satisfaction, to have enough, to be fulfilled, be uh, to be filled with self-satisfaction, to have plenty of, to be uh, citate, and to be and and to uh, be sufficed, sufficed with something. And in this. Um, instance we're speaking about the Lord and later on in my teaching I'm going to be uh, bringing forth some um, what really the the area in the in the book that really prompted this teaching but it's it's towards the end so my first section that I entitled is Write the Vision, and we find it in Habakkuk 2, 1 through 5. Verse uh, 1 says, I will stand upon my watch, and I will set me upon the tower, and will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And this is the Father looking down on, in our response to our commissioning. You know, the Father looks and sees and watches all the things that we do for him, and, and where um, it begins with our heart, you know, and our desire, and our commitment. You know, the little things that we can do, you know, just the times that we spend with the Father, the times that we give of ourselves uh, away from something that we want, want to do, the Father's looking for all those things. He sees everything that we're doing. And verse 2, and, and, and the Lord answered me, and he said, Write the vision, and make it plain upon tablets, that he, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak, and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith, and the just is those that hear from the right hand of the Lord. And this upright is it's our upright in our positioning before our Father. We're not upright in the things of the world or the things that we desire, but our uprightness is in our position before the Father. And verse 5, Yea, also because he transgresses with wine, and this is an example of following uh, an individual's own path. He is a proud man because when he does follow, his, when, when an individual follows their own path, the, you know, they're, they're following their own will. It says, Neither keepeth at home who enlarges his desires as hell and is as death, 
and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all nations and heapeth unto him all people. I feel uh, that this scripture really speaks to us as pneumaticos believers. We are encouraged to journal our dreams and visions that we get from the Lord. As intercessors, we stand upon the watch and we declare the Father's heart, his will for situations. And we can't, crank, uh, we can't grow weary in this placement before him. It's an everyday journey. It's every hour of the day, actually. Habakkuk the prophet stood and believed for the deliverance of the people, just as we do today. And it requires our steadfastness and our faith believing God will do as he has said he would do. You know, we may not see um, things work out the way we, we think they should. We may not... Um, Scenarios in our life may not be as we wish they were, but we know that if we stand faithful in that place before the Father, that everything will work out according to his purpose in his timing and his will. The next uh, section I entitled, The State of a Godly Man, and it's a well-known passage in Psalms 91. It's a beautiful passage before the Father. And it's um, Psalms 91, 1 through 16. And verse 1 says, he that, believe, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And who is that? Who is that that abides underneath the shadow of the Almighty? It's, uh, it's us. It's sons. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of the pestilence he shall cover thee with the feathers and under his wing shall thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler and this is what we govern our life by we govern our life by that truth that truth from the father and verse 5 thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday Verse 7, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall fall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all of thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, and lest they dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the uh, adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. And this is such a beautiful place right here because he has set his love upon me. The Father has set his love upon us. It's that love that's inside of, of, of us that the Father has given us that really draws our heart towards him. It's just a beautiful place to be. Verse 15, And he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And this is the promise that we have from God. And this is such a beautiful passage and it describes God's eternal plan for his people, for those that dwell in that secret place. We have confidence knowing that God will be with us in everything that we go through. And we need to find our satisfaction in our service to the Father in whatever capacity that he has called us to. This next section I have entitled uh, The Rewards of the Godless, of the Godliness, excuse me, The Rewards of the Godliness. In Isaiah 58, 8 through 12, verse 8 says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness, which is the vision of the Father, shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward, that reward. Verse 9. 
Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here am I. And the Father is always with us. You know, he's just a breath away. Actually, we don't have to speak it. We just have to think it. And the Father, you know, he's never far from us. We just have to think in our mind, Lord, you know, where are you? We need you. And he's always right there to comfort us, to guide us. If thou shalt take away from the midst of thee the yoke, that's that heavy burden, the purting forth of the finger and the speaking of vanity, and if thou shalt draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and this means to see things uh, darkly, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And so when we are in that dark place that we, that we sometimes get in, in this world, we're not really there because it says in the noonday, in the noonday we have, what do we have in the noonday? We have the bright light that's always shining. And so we always have that light of the Father in us. And verse 11 says, And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watering garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. So the water of, of the Lord that rushes over us, that continually rushes over, the water that flows through the sanctuary where we have experienced it numerous times is always there to wash over us continuously. Verse 12, And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of past to dwell in. And what is this? This is us as intercessors. This is our calling. This is where we are before the Father. Isaiah boldly told the people that their sins didn't please God. They fasted for the wrong reasons. And in verse 8, he tells them that God promises healing and breakthrough for the glory of the Lord. And the reward of faithfulness goes to those who walk in covenant with him. We have to always remember that no matter where we're at in our place with the Father, he is never far away. He's always there to comfort us, to lead us, to guide us, to give us direction, to speak to us, to counsel us, to correct us. But we have to find that place no matter where it is, even if it is in that place of correction from the Father. We always have to find that place of satisfaction in him. And not allow that uh, other things to be speaking things into our hearts that are not of the Father. Uh, the next part is entitled, um, the next part is Psalm 65.4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he shall may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even thy holy temple. And this is the Father drawing us to him. Blessed is the man who has chosen the good thing. We have chosen the good thing of the Lord. We have chosen to dwell in his courts, in his temple. And we will be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. Psalms 22, 20, uh, 26 through 28. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise, they shall hallow the Lord that seek him. So those that are, those that hallow, those that, uh, that desire to have that place before the Father, the Father will, that seek the Lord. It says, your heart shall live forever. What a, what a beautiful thing. That we, the promises of the Lord, that we, if we seek and we draw our hearts uh, towards Him, that we shall live forever. We may not live forever in this world, but we know that we have eternity with the Lord. Verse 27 And all the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before Him. And this is Proskuneo. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and He is the governor among the nations. 
you know, it doesn't really matter what, what we view and we see in our world today. We think that God's not in control and that, you know, the world is what really governs and, and controls things, but that's not really true. You know, the scripture over and over reassures us that who's in control, who governs our world, the kingdom is the Lord's, and he's the one that is the governor over the nations. The meek are those who control with control power that are commissioned by God and is submitted to his perfect timing and positioning. And we shall be satisfied, and we shall seek him, and we shall allow, and we shall praise him, and we shall worship before his throne, and we shall allow our life to be governed by him in everything that we do. The next part I entitled the wicked, wicked one. It's in Psalms 17, 13 through 15. It says, Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword, from men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portions in this life, in whose bellies thou fillest with the hind treasures. They are, they are full of children and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Does this look familiar, this verse? You know, these are the people that are in the world today. Are they, are they aligning their hearts with the Father? Our Father will deliver us from our adversaries and from those that come against us. And there are many. But, you know, we don't allow that to bother us. David says, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. And he's referring to the Lord. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. It is our desire to be more like our Father every day. Amen. Psalms uh, 37, 17 to 20. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord upholdeth the righteous. And in our world today, we have, to really, we have to really believe these scriptures, that the arms of the wicked will be broken in the, in the season and the timing of the Lord, and that the Father will uphold those righteous ones that walk before him. Verse 18, The Lord knoweth the days of the upright. He knows everything. And their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke. They shall consume away. And the wicked will be consumed in the last days, and, and even in the days that we live. I mean, they, they think that they're... People of the world that don't have their heart before the Father, they, they don't really recognize the things that they're doing. Their eyes are blinded. And I know that's one of our prayers, you know, that the shackles would be broken and that they would see the truth. But the Father will have the last say in all things, won't he? Our Father will uphold with the righteous, and, uh, and our inheritance is in him. In the days of famine, we shall be satisfied. We have to have that covenant-believing promise from the Father that, that the things that we need will be, we will have. And we can't put our fear and our, our trust into uh, the society that we live in. And the next section I entitled, The Excellent of God's Steadfast Love, in Psalms 36, 5 through 11. Thy mercy, and this is our word has said, which means the kindness of the Lord. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. Can you imagine God's faithfulness towards us reaches to the clouds? I can't even comprehend that. You know, it's, it's something that, we, you know, we struggle in our own mind to be able to comprehend that, 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 that his faithfulness reaches that far. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgment, and this is our mishpat in God's divine law, our great are a great deep, O Lord. Thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. And this is where we put our trust. 
We put our trust in the shadow of, of our Almighty. And when we do, what happens? We shall be abundantly satisfied with thy fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make thy drink of the river, the river of pleasures. How beautiful is that? That we will drink from the, the river of pleasures. Our thirst and our quenchings is going to be satisfied by the Lord. For with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. So we shall see the light when we, when we, when we walk in the Father. It says, in thy light. So who's the light? It's light? The Lord is the light. Amen? And we shall see the light when we see him. Verse 10, O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot, foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. So I just pray, Father, just cover us. Don't let our pride or anything that we may enter into this life in come into us and affect us in any way. Don't let it get in the way of our walk with you. Don't allow, allow the things that we, we have to experience affect our spirit. Don't let the foot of pride come against us. Our Father will preserve us with his loving kindness, and in him is the fountain of life. What else can we possibly want? You know, what else can we desire? Where else can we find our satisfaction? When we have all these promises from the Lord, there, there should be no reason for us to, to want or desire anything else. And I pray that we don't. I pray that we, you know, we, that we just stay on our face before the Father. In Psalms 105, 39 through 45, he spread a cloud of covering and a fire to give light in the night. Isn't that beautiful? What provision? What provision from the Father? The people asked, and he brought quail, and he satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant, and he brought forth his people with joy. And this is our word, Sasson, and his chosen with gladness, and gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. I love the, the book of Psalms. It's so, um, so enlightening and so fulfilling in the Father. God provided all that the Israelites needed in the desert, and he brought forth his people with joy. And this is our word, sason, and it means with rejoicing. And his chosen, and this is kolektos, and it means those that are appointed, and he brought them forth with gladness. And we have been appointed by God to walk this walk with him as sons and saints before his throne. And the same thing that... Uh, that the Israelites went through, you know, they struggled in, in a lot, lots of different ways. But in our world today, you know, if we look back and compare, you know, we have some of the same things that we struggle with in the temptations that come against our life. But we have to know that none of them are, are worth, and none, none of it is worth delving into or putting a heart into or d desiring because we know that it's, it, none of it is going to bring the satisfaction that we, that we really get from serving the Lord. And this next part I entitled, um, Those That Love Silver and Riches. And there are many that, that you know, desire the fleshly things of the world. 
And I think that's probably one of the things that um, that we, you know, in our life today. I know the Israelites didn't struggle with. Well, they probably did in their own way, but but that's probably one of the things that we have to really be careful with and 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 not allow for us to continue to just pursue the things of the world and desire the riches and and you know in the in the form of materialistic things be content be satisfied be be in that place before the father that really none of that stuff really matters so those that love silver and riches and this is uh, in Ezekiel 7:19 they shall cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed, and their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They shall not satisfy their souls, nor fill their bowels, because it is a stumbling block of their iniquity. And it is a stumbling block of our iniquity. Because what our prosperity comes from the Lord and not from the riches of this world. Silver and gold will, will not satisfy us. In Ecclesiastics uh, 5.10, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. All this is vanity. You know, the more that we have is not going to satisfy us. The more money we have is not going to satisfy us. Because we're going to want more things, and more things will be more confusion in our life, and it will and it will draw us away. And we're going to read um, further in the lesson Solomon's prayer for that, and and let it be our prayer as well. The next part I entitled "The Earth Abideth Forever." This is a really amazing scripture. Ecclesiastics 1, uh, 1, 4 through 8, it says, One generation passes away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also rises, and the sun goeth down, and he hastes, and hastes to his place where he arose. The wind goeth towards the south, and it turned back unto the north. It whirled about continually, and the wind returned again according to its circuits. And all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is never full. Amazing. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, whither they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. Are we ever satisfied with looking at things? Nor the ear filled with hearing. Are we ever tired of hearing things? The eye never stops working, and the ear never stops working. And it's, it's, uh, it's just amazing scriptures. When we think of the majesty of the universe and the depth of it all, it is truly mind-boggling. And Sol Solomon is saying in these scriptures that the earth continues on as God has created it. But man needs to find their satisfaction in the Lord. They need not to be wandering to and fro constantly back and forth and looking for things that uh, fill their fill their desire their desire needs to be into in the place of the father we need to be content we need to be satisfied our satisfaction needs to come from from our service and our positioning before the throne that's where our satisfaction comes from this next part i entitled wise a wise man and wise men in Proverbs 12, 11, and then I jump down to 14. He that tilleth his, uh, his land shall be satisfied with bread. Basically, it, th those that work and toll and, and provide, we will have satisfaction. We will have the things that we need. But he that followeth Bain's persons is void of understanding. And this is our word, Ben. So when we follow the wrong things, is that going to be something that's going to fulfill us and, and satisfy us? It's not. Verse 14, a man shall be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his mouth, by the things that he says. 
and by the recompense of a man's hands shall he shall he be rendered unto him. This is the process of the sowing and the reaping. The recompense of a man's hand shall he render. So the things that we we place before the things that we that we get involved in, the things that we um, put our hand to, the work of the plow, those are the things that are that you know the sowing, what we sow, what we do, where our heart is. Those are the things that we're going to reap. And we know that the word says, you know, if you reap, if you sow um, good seeds, you'll reap a good harvest. If we, if we heed the wise counsel of the Lord, we will have satisfaction in our life. There are many voices that try to draw us away. We have to stay on our face before God to hear his instructions. We have to, to really be at that right hand to hear what the Father is saying. Proverbs 19, 20 through 23. Hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in the latter day, or the latter end. So when we do hear the counsel of the Lord and we heed his instructions, we will be wise. There are many devices in a man's heart, nonetheless the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. The things uh, and the devices of the Lord and the counsel of the Lord, that is what will stand. The desire of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. Those words right there really, really uh, say a, a mouthful, don't they? That a poor man is better than somebody that walks around speaking not the truth. That's one of the things I've really struggled in my life with is um, is liars, people that don't speak the truth. And I'm not talking about speaking the truth of the Lord or anything like that because there's many that do that. But I'm, I'm, I'm referring to those that don't speak the truth. You know, they would just soon tell you a lie than tell you the truth. That's, you know, to me, I just, I don't know what, what's inside of an individual that would rather just tell you a lie than tell you the truth. Maybe it's self-pride or something, but um, I guess I've always in my life struggled with that. I'm not of someone that just don't want to speak the truth. That they would rather, you know, instead of just, you know, telling you the truth, they just tell you a lie. Really, I know that it has a lot to do with, you know, something that's inside of them, and it really isn't really focused towards you. But, you know, I struggle with that. I'm I think it was a lot has to do with my my um, childhood, the way I was raised and stuff, um, and it's just something that really you know it it bothers me. Even if it's just a little white lie, you know, it, I still think you know it's just so much easier just to tell the truth or, hey, just do the right thing. You know, just simple. It's not really that hard. Verse twenty three, the fear of the Lord lendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. And that's one of the things we have to really, we have to fear the Lord. I mean, we don't have to be afraid of him to the point that, you know, we're, we're scared or anything. But we have to be, it's a reverence, a reverence before the Lord. We have to have that reverence before the Lord, the honor, the respect. And I think that's one of the things that, that uh, uh, we lack in this society is people don't reverence and they don't honor and they don't, they don't fear the Lord. I don't know if it's because they've always been told, you know, there's a God and they never see God or, you know, Jesus and the stories about or if they don't even believe. But, I mean, people just don't fear. They don't walk in fear. And it's really it's not so much the fear. It's they don't, they don't walk in that reverence before the, the the honor, the devotion before the Lord. And it has really caused our society to be, you know, twisted in, in many ways.
And if we heed the wise counsel of the Lord, and if we will have satisfaction in our life, there are many voices that try to draw us away. We have to stay on our face before God to hear his instructions. This next part is, um, is really what prompted my study. As I said in the beginning of my lesson, I had, I had really uh, been reading Pastor's book at the gates. It's not the first time I read the book, but I'm, I'm, this is my second time reading. And, you know, we always gather, glean more things. You know, we always glean. Th- I, 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 in this study, in this, the, my preparation for my uh, lesson today, I, I learned so much that I didn't know. Of course, I'd already read these scriptures before. They're, they're very familiar. They're really nothing new that we all haven't heard. But... They just spoke volumes to me in in the place that we're at. We're entering into a season of the presence of the Lord. Well, the presence of the Lord has always been with us, but it's being highlighted more right now than it has ever in in the times of our of me walking as a saint. And when I come across this uh, this portion in this uh, pastor's book, it just really spoke volumes to me. And I really felt like it was, you know, I want everyone under the sound of my voice this morning to just examine their heart. Is there anything in your life that causes you not to be in that place that you need to be with the Lord? What is it? What is it in your life that that you find more pleasure in, that draws you away of that place at the right hand? What is it? Is it worth it? You know, I hope that these scriptures today really, really open up something inside of you. Because as we enter the season in just a few weeks, in just a very few weeks, we are going to be gathered together as a network to welcome the presence of the Lord. And we have to be ready in every capacity, in every part of our life, in every fiber of our being. We have to be ready. We have to be ready. We have to be satisfied. We have to find that satisfaction that only we can get from him. And this is what prompted my, my study in my lesson today. And I really hope, I hope that you examine your heart. And the scriptures that I picked out, uh, you know, these are commissioning from the Father. And as I, my, as I close today with, with, uh, with Joel, this is where we are as a network. So the next uh, section I entitled, Four Things Are Insalubable. And what insalubable means, it means something that cannot be satisfied. These uh, following scriptures is what prompted my study for the word satisfaction today. Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full, which is our word satisfied, and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or least I be poor and steal and make the name of the Lord my God in vain. Those are beautiful scriptures. Remove from me anything in my life that is not where I need to be with the Father. You know, we pray, God, don't flood us with all the riches of this world that we will not find our compassion and our, and our purpose in you. And don't let us be so hungry with the things of the, Lord, of the world that we don't have room for you. Verse 15, there are three things that are never satisfied. And this is really something that really struck me. Three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things 
say not is enough. The grave, the grave is never satisfied. A barren woman, a woman that has doesn't hadn't conceived a child, many of them long for that desire. The earth that is not filled with uh, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that says not it is enough. Those are really powerful scriptures. So Solomon wrote of the necessity of remaining hungry before God, and he pleaded with God to never allow him to become cited by the things of this world, lest he discount his need for a divine hungering. He also asked God to provide what he needed in order to live, so his pursuits would not have to be yielded to mere survival. And three things that are always satisfying is a miraculous birth, isn't that always satisfying? A miraculous transformation of the land. And that's what we stand and we believe in God for, right? And is it ever satisfied? We never, we never quit. We're never satisfied with asking the Lord, are we? And the release of the fire of God in the land. And we, um, that's another thing we stand and we believe. We're, we're believing for the release of the fire of God. All three of these partner with the gateway of God, which displays his purpose in the earth in the creative realm. And I'll have to, that wasn't my quote. This is a quote of a pastor's book at the gates. It was just very powerful. It really touched my heart. Our next portion is eyes of men. Proverbs 7 to 20. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of a man are never satisfied. And the eyes uh, in the Bible represent uh, the ways of, of the Lord the ways of God in the Bible. Our eyes are the gateway to our mind and to our heart. And we have to preserve them. We have to be careful what we watch so our spirits are not infected. And that's another thing that if we, we, if we get involved and in, in, um, in delve into things that are not of the Lord, if we allow our spirits to be drawn into those things, it's it's going to draw us away from the Lord. And when it does, then we're not going to find that satisfaction in him. Because you, you can't fill yourself with evil and good at the same time. One is going to rule the other. Amen? And in Micah 6, 1 through 14, I entitled, Not Satisfied. Thou shalt eat, but not be satisfied, and thy casting down shall be in the midst of thee, and thou shalt take hold, but shall not deliver, and that which thou deliverest will I give up to the sword. Thou shalt sow, but thou shalt not reap, thou shalt trend the olives, but thou shalt not anoint thee with oil, and the sweet wine, but shall not drink wine. This is Micah's warning to Israel and Judah about their wicked lifestyle, and this can be said of our world today as well. It doesn't matter how much we eat and we drink of the world. We're not going to be satisfied. And we can sow and, and we can, uh, people can sow and they can sow. If they sow into the wrong things, are they going to re reap the right things? Are they going to reap, reap the blessings and uh, the promises of the Lord? They're not. It says they shall tread the olives, they shall, they shall toil, they shall work, but they shall not, you will not anoint thee with oil. And there will be sweet wine, but you shall not drink the wine. The things that you place your, your life into are the substances that you get involved with. If, they're not, if you're not pursuing the right things of the Lord, you're not going to be satisfied. You know, it's just like that. You're always on a wheel, turning, 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 turning. You, you know, you, you're always going somewhere, but you're not getting anywhere. Kind of being like, like you're on a treadmill. You're always moving, but you're not going anywhere. And that's, and that's, you know, the way our world is today. And unfortunately, many in the church, many in the church are that way. But don't let it be said of us. Don't let it be said of us. The saints and the sons of the Most High, don't let it be said of us 
that we are that way. We are a cut above. We are a cut above that. And I'm going to end today with this, these scriptures. And they really, really are a commissioning from the Father. Promises of a blessing. And this, is what it, and this is what we need to focus on. Joel 2, 19-27. Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. What else can we ask for? <laughs> the Lord is going to send us corn, wine, oil, and we're going to be satisfied. Just be satisfied in that place in him. Verse 20. But I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land of barren, desolate, and his face towards the east sea and his hinder part towards the uttermost sea. And his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Verse 22. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be, be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. You know, it wasn't very long ago Pastor spoke about that former and that latter rain. And the floors, uh, floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow uh, flow with wine and oil. And we have, will have everything that we need. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm and the, and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise. This is halal, the name of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of the Israel, midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. This... Uh, scripture right here and it says i will restore to you the the years the locusts had eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm my great army which i had sent among you you know for years for years i'd heard that preach that the lord is going to do that uh for for his people but they never did tell you that it, it required something from you you know they would say all these things, you know, that these things the Lord is going to do for you. You know, he's going to restore, you know, the 50 years of famine and all that. And, I've, and I've, I've, I've known people that stood upon those promises and everything, but there was never that, that point that there was something required of you to get it. You know, just get saved, serve God. The Lord will restore, but it requires something from us. It requir requires us to... To be at that right hand. To find our fulfillment, our satisfaction in the, in the things of the Lord. So what is this? Verse 25 that I just spoke of. And, the, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten the canker worm and the, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I had sent among you. This is our prayer, isn't it, as intercessors, for the land that the wicked would choose to turn to righteousness. And this is why we intercede and we proscenate before the throne, and we call out to God for the deliverance of the people. And this is our commissioning as saints and sons, that we, that we, we desire that God will restore but what does it take? It takes, it takes something from us in order for those things to happen. I mean, God, God does bless us. You know, the word tells you, you, are, you know, you get saved and you serve the Lord, you will be blessed. But it requires something from us. 
So in this season, as we're going into the, the presence of the Lord, pastors have been really speaking a lot about this lately, and our seminar is going to be that. I just ask you to examine your heart and just, is there anything in the inside of you that is that causes you to be drawn away? You know, make it right with the Lord. You know, just get back in that place of the Father that, that he uh, desires for you to be. You know, just find your satisfaction in him. Because as we went over these scriptures this morning, there's nothing in this world that will satisfy you. You will not find your, your place before the Lord in the things of this world and in, and in family. Don't let family draw you away. You know, know, know who you are. Just know who you are. Know who you are in the Lord. And just be that. It's just really quite simple. So I pray that this blessed you this morning. Uh, we're in the sanctuary, so I can't ask for any um, comments. But I pray that you were blessed with uh, this message today. You know, look over these scriptures and just take them to heart. These are the ones that the Father just really highlighted for me to, to bring forth to you today. And I pray that they were a blessing and that you will receive what it is that the Lord is, is wanting you to receive today. So as I close, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for the commissioning that you've placed upon our hearts as sons and saints. And I thank you for speaking to us and and sometimes we do have to receive a word of correctioning from you, Lord. And I thank you for that correctioning that draws us to you, that gets us back into alignment to where we, we can be what we are called to be before you, saints and sons at your throne. And I just give you praise today. In your name we pray. Amen.